Welcome back to the Back in the Net podcast. I'm your host, John Fives. Here with me today, I got, once again, Mr. Bank99, and we are proud to present you match day four of the EPL. How are you doing, Mr. Bank? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, would be doing even better if, um, if Burnley were in form right now, but, you know, I can't, can't complain <laughs> that we have uh, Premier League soccer going on. Yeah, Mr. Bank and I uh, have seen quite a bit of ups and downs from our two sides this year. Arsenal started off the season extremely hot. And uh, I'm gonna not gonna lie. T- uh, last week was the kind of most disappointed I've been in Arteta. Um, kind of since he's taken over his job, and um, I'm sure you're, you know, not loving things from the Burnley side either. <laughs> no, no, haven't been. Times are tough lately, in the Burnley camp for sure. Absolutely. All right, guys. Um, so uh, just kind of for a quick overview of today, we're just going to uh, um, quickly touch up on our uh, picks last week, our consensus plays. And then we're going to uh, get right into our match day four picks. Um, and next week we will be having no podcast um, due to the international break. Um, so then we'll pick up with you guys um, the following week. Uh, then for match day five, which uh, has the games on uh, Saturday, uh, the week of the uh, the twelfth. Uh, so we'll see you guys then. But um, kind of a quick recap uh, last week. Uh, I myself continue to stay extremely hot on my five plays. I went four and one, uh, knock on wood, um, bringing my season total uh, up to ten four and one for uh, a solid profit so far through three weeks of five point five units. Our consensus plays, uh, actually I should say consensus play, uh, was just the West Brom play, and uh, I'm not really sure uh, who what other cappers out there. Ron West Brom, but me and Mr. Bank were able to pick that, and I couldn't have been sure. any more excited to see West Brom, you know, dominate that game and almost pick up the three points. It was kind of a heartbreaker for them, but uh, that moves our consensus total t- to the year four and two. Um, that will be uh, making you guys profit if you guys are uh, just betting one unit on each uh, bet. How did you do, Mr. Bank? Uh, I only had two other plays, and I split them one and one. With the, uh, I had the Spurs total, and I also had the, uh, let me check here. I had the uh, Leeds total, unfortunately, oh, on the okay. over, but uh, didn't did not come too close on that one. But hey, I'm I'm just happy we're hitting the consensus place. As am I. You know, there's definitely times uh, times in sports betting where um, you're getting good variance, times where you're not. Um, I'd like to say I'm probably on a nice little variant streak. There were a couple plays where I definitely didn't deserve to cash. Like my Spurs under 2.75. Spurs definitely should have been up 4-5-0 in the first half, and somehow I cashed that under. Um, things like that happen, though, and uh, so I would have hated to be on the over, but um, sometimes, you know, things go our way, and, uh, you know, you just ride out the hot train until, until it stops, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, we'll always do try to... We'll always try to give you guys, as the listeners, our, our, our best uh, value plays, and we'll keep those uh, slim pickings uh, for the consensus. Um, just so, uh, you know, we don't we don't want you guys getting too degeny, um, you know, making, you know, 20 Premier League plays a week. You know, always smart to be selective and uh, uh, responsible with your gambling, definitely. Certainly. All right. Can't argue um, that. Yeah. <laughs> let's waste no time. Um Let's get out to uh, the fixtures for this week. Um, do you want to kick us off, Mr. Bank? 
Yeah, let's get started with uh, our first game on Saturday, the early game, Chelsea and Crystal Palace. I'm actually going to be starting off with a play on this one right out of the gate, but uh, just a little bit, to, just to get a little into this game a little bit, I think uh, last week everyone, as Ja touched on briefly, was probably a little bit surprised by that West Brown-Chelsea result, and especially the fact that West Brown was able to jump out to a 3-0 lead in that match. And... I can't decide if that's, uh, I mean, obviously disappointing that Chelsea got behind 3-0 in that game, but, I mean, maybe we could argue it's a bright spot for them that they were able to fight back and get a point out of it. But uh, on the other hand, Crystal Palace against Everton. Uh, Everton had that, that PK that got them uh, started off, I believe, in that match. And uh, after that, just ended up winning 2-1 against Crystal Palace. But I'm going to be coming into this game with a, uh, a play on Crystal Palace plus 1.25 at anything better than minus 105. So if you can get minus 105, I'd take it. If you can get even money or better, I would uh, like it even more. But I just think Crystal Palace in this one is going to keep it close with Chelsea. I mean, I personally haven't been very impressed with Chelsea's form so far. And I just I just think this is a game that uh, Zaha could probably get one or two for Crystal Palace and keep it interesting. I don't think Crystal Palace is going to concede four goals here. And I also, I also think they're going to be able to keep up with Chelsea. Chelsea just hasn't seemed to mesh yet. And I think I'm just going to be kind of looking to fade them in certain spots until they prove me wrong here. So that's going to be my first play of the week, Crystal Palace plus 1.25. Yeah, that's uh, that's in, definitely interesting. Um, I think something that's um, interesting to note um, just is, you know, this Chelsea side have so many new players. Um we saw the likes of Thiago Silva um, get in and play a lot in that West Brom game. And actually, you know, for longtime soccer fans, everyone should know Thiago Silva. But class defender, great defender. But, I mean, his absolutely atrocious mistake led to the goal. I mean, when you stick these guys in new systems, they're not comfortable. It's going to take a while to, you know, mesh to kind of what Lampard wants the boys to be doing. These guys don't know each other. And mistakes like that happen. And... Uh, I think last week was a, a prime example of that. And do I think Chelsea in two days are going to be ready to go against the Crystal Palace side? Uh, not, probably not necessarily. Um, they definitely looked you know, bright in the second half of that game. Uh, they cleaned up a lot of the defensive mistakes. Um, obviously, we know goalkeeping is still a large, large issue there. Um, you know, Who's going to get the starting nod against Crystal Palace? We'll see. I mean, Chelsea now have three goalkeepers, so <laughs> it just keeps getting interesting yeah. over there in, uh, for the Blues. But uh, I'm going to be passing this game. Um, just... Just slightly because of the um, just the unknownness on the Chelsea side, and then a little bit just because uh, I don't know if I'm completely sold on the Palace side yet. I love the defense that they've been playing, you know, early throughout the year. I think um, Kuyate and uh, Sako are playing extremely well back there. Um, just keeping, uh, you know, holding. I mean, Everton are about as high flying and hot as a team right now. And I thought, you know, granted they lost that game two to one, but. I thought there were a lot of bright spots in that match. So, I mean, if I was going to go anywhere on this game, it would be a play with you, Mr. Bank. But uh, I'm going to be passing the first uh, game of the week. Um, just for uh, – I just want to continue to watch this Chelsea team and um, see uh, how they continue to play and uh, see if they can eventually make a run into some form and maybe we'll be getting them in some decent spots in the coming weeks. But not here for me. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of hoping actually that Chelsea. Obviously, I hope they don't perform very well to catch this, but but I'm kind of hoping that they do continue to fall off a little bit, and then we're able to buy low on them and maybe ride them for a little while 
when the market's uh, when the market's down on them. Definitely. I mean, right. Like, uh, um, I mean, this Crystal Palace side opened at a plus seven eighty four underdog, plus seven hundred. Now it's all the way down to like a plus six eighty five. That just goes to show how the market's already kind of reacting to this Chelsea side. Um, so I hope. I mean, I'm gonna for you to cash that bet as well, and I I hope Chelsea just continue to fall and. There'll be they, they will fall into that value range and um, it's coming soon and the more games that they get under their belt Lampard gets uh, he'll be able to kind of test around the different starting 11s and different players and uh, yeah I think we'll be able to buy low and possibly even have a two unit play in the coming weeks. <laughs> I love to hear it. All right, uh, I'll start us off for uh, our next game of the card we have um everton taking on uh brighton in what some may think um not a stunner of a match but this is definitely going to be an absolute crazy crazy match uh we got brighton about plus 400 the plus 390 dogs everton on the three-way money line about minus 130 asian handicaps about a plus three quarters uh for brighton and then minus three quarters for everton and a little bit of even money this is a really, really tough match for me. Uh, you got Everton hosting um, Brighton. Um, Brighton going to be getting um, Basuma back as he was out with the red card um, in the United game. Um, I think we've. All, I, mean, I mean, I think we all know how good of a side Brighton are and uh, how good of a side um, you know Brighton can be and the way that they've been playing and they really tested that United side absolutely beat up on the Newcastle side um, and Everton are one of the hotter teams in the Premier League right now but um, who have they really played uh, Crystal Palace uh, West Ham I know we're always big on West Ham they did completely um, dominate West Ham in a little bit ago in the EFL Cup um, getting the win over Tottenham I guess that goes to show a lot for them so I mean Everton's high flying for sure definitely um, but if, if I'm if I'm leaning anyway on this game, it probably is Everton, but the value for there is just not it's not there for me. So, I mean, I'm not going to be having to play on this game either. Just laying minus 130 um, on a three-way money money line in, in such a tight game like this, where I think it could easily end up uh, as a 1-1 draw, um, it's just not worth it for me. Um, I don't think Everton's back line is completely strong enough to uh, you know hold Brighton um, scoreless here and keep a clean sheet. Brighton have way too many attacking forces. Uh, Maupe, Connolly, and Trossard are firing on all cylinders right now. I think this game can go absolutely both ways. Um, it's going to be an absolute cracker of a match. Um, but just, you know, laying minus 130 when I think a game like this has a pretty high amount of variance is definitely not a smart play. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Uh, I, I'm not, like, super confident in either side in this match. Uh, I think my lean would probably be with Brighton just because of... Uh, I think a little bit of the Everton hype is getting going. Like you were saying, maybe this price is a little too uh, expensive for them. And I just think Brighton's been playing pretty well. They, I mean, they had a good showing against Man U. I don't think you can argue that. But uh, overall, yeah, I don't see too much value on this line. Don't see too much value on the total either because, as you said, I could see this being a, a pretty low-scoring match. But also, both these teams have the firepower to open it up. So I don't think it's worth uh, having to play on either side for me either. So I'm going to be passing this one. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, we've seen a lot of goals actually in the Premier League for um, these first couple weeks, and I don't know if you've been paying attention, Mr. Bank, but I think it was in match week two, 
the Premier League saw like a, almost a record high of goals for a weekend. It was unbelievable the amount of overs that were cashing. Um, so a lot of the games that you think might be kind of tight and these tight games are just we're seeing these five three score lines, these five twos, four three score lines. Um, I mean, you absolutely love to see it, but um, the total here is just so tricky. Like, are we going to see another one of those games, or are we going to actually finally see a, you know, a, a KG match? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's bound to regress at some point. So I just I don't really want to be on uh, on the opposite side of that regression the week yes. the the week that it happens. So. All right, uh, we'll keep it moving on, guys. All right, guys, uh, we have uh, Leeds hosting Manchester United um, in um, a highly anticipated game of the week. Uh, or not Manchester United, my apologies. Uh, Manchester City. Uh, City are about minus 275, uh, big-time favorite. Yeah, big-time favorite. And then minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap. Leeds about a plus 700 dog to uh, plus 1.5 uh, on the handicap. Draws about 4-1. to one. Um, I'm sensing that we might have some different opinions on this match, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bank, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'm just going to go right out there right away and say this is going to be my first play of the week. Uh, I will be taking uh, Man City on the Asian handicap, minus one and a half. Um, probably looking like I can get anywhere from even to probably about minus 110. I think those are uh, great lines for you to fire on. Um... Simply because I'm going to be playing uh, Man City kind of in a zigzag format here. Um, we saw City go down at the weekend last week to Leicester City and just a poor, poor defensive showing. Um, three penalties, or uh, actually two penalties to Jamie Vardy. Just really clumsy challenges from the likes of Walker. Um, it, it was just, I mean, it, it was not a typical Manchester City defense. Um, I. I, uh, I haven't seen, really seen um, them play under Pep uh, just that clumsy in a while. Um, that's why I kind of like them here on the zigzag spot. Um, I don't know if this Leeds team is... Uh, I know, obviously, they've seen the Liverpool. They you know they definitely excited us all in that game. High-flying, scoring goals. But we've seen how um, just defensively uh, lacking this Leeds side is. Um, they have so many issues back there. Uh, Robin Cock being the one of them I've always harped on him this whole season he's gonna get absolutely um exposed in this match um you know City off the weekend looked Sterling looked good against Burnley in the EFL Cup granted I mean both sides were kind of playing their B teams but um yeah I mean zigzag spots perfect spot here for uh City to get probably a 4-1 result maybe a 3-0 result 2-0 um I don't see Leeds scoring Leeds aren't going to have their main man out on the wing, Jack Harrison, because he's on le- uh, on loan from Man City, so he's ineligible to play here. Um, so we might see the likes of maybe Rodrigo. I'm not sure what uh, Leeds are going to toss out there. Um, so it's a little bit of a question mark. But, um, yeah, I just I don't see Pep, Pep letting these guys continue to make these mistakes. Liverpool are starting to really pull away in the table. Uh, man City need to make a statement here. Um, well, I wouldn't say really pull away, but... Um, I know Man City dropped some points. Liverpool obviously haven't dropped points. Um, you know Pep's gonna have the boys ready for this game. We're not gonna see any stupid challenges like we did last time. Um, City are gonna roll here. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have to say I, I had a bit of a slip up on my end. I I I was texting you and we were going back and forth on this match just briefly, <laughs> and I totally forgot that uh, Jack Harrison wasn't gonna be playing here. 
And obviously that's going to change up this match a decent amount for Leeds, just in terms of creating opportunities for them. So I, when I checked the card originally, I was thinking, oh, Leeds is going to for sure be a bet here, just with the four Man City's been in and the way Leeds has been able to get some goals there. They seem like a high-variance team that if you take a, a stab at maybe a, a double-chance market or a money line type of thing, it would be worth uh, getting a small bet down there and seeing what happens. But with Jack Harrison out, I am actually going to be passing this one. Did have a lean to uh, the play would probably be Leeds double chance at about plus 235. And who knows, I might end up just sprinkling that, but I would not recommend that as a play. Um, I'm definitely, as the week has gone on, moving more towards your side with the Man City play just because of that Harrison not being able to play in this match. And I think he's such a big part of their offense. And I think he's able to just create chances and finish chances for them in a way that they kind of need against this Man City team of just just full of studs. So I am going to be yeah. passing this game with a, with a small lean to uh, some leads plus money, plus money uh, plays. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, we, we harped on it early on in the first podcast of the season about this, about Jack Harrison and what he can do to create. We saw him week one against Liverpool. Phenomenal. Absolutely made Trent Alexander-Arnold, the best right back arguably in the world, look like a, look like a puppet. He had him, it looked like Harrison was, was holding the strings to to Arnold essentially, yeah. uh, and then in the recent weeks, you know Harrison gets a gets a couple assists. Um, he's just looking great on the ball. He's looking like an absolute baller. So they're gonna miss him heavily out there on the right. Um, I know Helder Costa has been playing well out there as well. Bamford's kind of on a nice little run of form here with goals, but I don't know if uh, if they're just gonna have enough um, offensively without Harrison. It's just such a big miss, and uh, City are gonna roll here. Um, but let's move it on here to uh, to your boys heading to St. James Park. Uh, we got Burnley taking on Newcastle. Uh, I will let I will pass this one over to you uh, to start it off here. But uh, I definitely will be having a play on this one. Yeah, uh, I have to say a little disappointing so far. Well, more than a little disappointing so far on uh, Burnley how they've been performing. I mean, can't be super upset as a supporter just with the lineups that they've been forced to put out there in terms of uh, injuries and the likes of that. But I think this is a spot where Sean Dyche really needs to rally the troops. And I know we've harped on it a little bit in the past saying, uh, you know, Sean Dyche is, is great with uh, getting his guys to play for him. And he's great to get them when they, in a spot when they need a win, when they need a couple points. But I, I think this is going to be the week and, I, I want to take them on the money line market, but I'm I'm not going to just because I'm not I'm not quite there with them yet, and I'm not going to give that out as a play. But I am actually going to be taking the under here on this one, uh, looking like under 2.25 is going to be the play at about minus 120. And I just think that this is a, a must-win game for Burnley. I mean, they're sitting at 18th in the table, unfortunately. After I, they have only played two matches, but. It's just a game that they need to go out there and get, and this Newcastle side has been pretty low scoring and held their opponents pretty low scoring so far this season as well. So I think we're just looking at both sides of this one, a match that Burnley needs to win, and when Burnley, when Deitch rallies his guys and when they need when they need that win, it's usually a low scoring game where they get a one nil or a two nil win. It's not they're not going to be winning in a shootout, so I think their focus is going to be more towards the defensive side of the pitch. And they're going to try to contain Newcastle to the best of their ability and hopefully hold that, hold a clean sheet here. So I got the under 2.25 in this one. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be giving out my second play of the week. Uh, my first play, uh, I guess I didn't stress that enough. I've always been just playing one-unit plays. 
Um, I'm going to be taking a stab here on the Burnley money line. Um, I think it's a great spot. That's what I like um, to hear. Burnley are getting getting guys back. We're going to see Tarkowski probably in the likes of the lineup. Um, we saw him in the EFL Cup. Um, so I just think uh, the defense the defense won't be an issue for Burnley here. Um, Tarkowski's the main man back there. Um, we're going to see him. We're going to see him back and uh, holding things down there. Um, I think definitely Pope's going to feel better back there as well, having uh, his main center back. Uh, back in play. Obviously, we won't be seeing, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we'll be seeing the likes of Jay Rodriguez. Um, looks like, uh, I believe it's, I saw he was uh, doubtful. But um, Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, Ashley Barnes' first match, uh, he's also uh, back in the mix for this Burnley side. He hasn't played in quite some time as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're going to get the likes of, uh, you're going to get the likes of Barnes, um, you're going to get uh, Chris Wood up there again, and you're going to get Vidra. One of these guys are going to get a goal. I mean, this is a 1-0 Burnley game all over the place, maybe two, but the way they kind of looked offensively against Leicester, um, Chris Wood did look pretty pretty good in that game. I'll give him that. Um, it does hurt to not have the likes of, like, Gunmanson in the lineup still, still missing Ben Mee. Um, so this Burnley team, are they're coming back slowly. And they're getting healthy. Um, Shawnee D knows how much he needs this game. Um, granted, we also just saw this Newcastle put out a full squad in their EFL Cup game and almost go down to uh, Newport County. Um, I don't even know um, if you guys have even heard of that club, but Newport <laughs> County is a League Two side, guys. Um, it was a 1-1 draw. It went into penalties. Newcastle was able to get the win. But um, I don't know. Both these teams, It's I mean, it, it's definitely a, a spot where both the teams are in dreadful form. They both need wins. Um, it's going to be real close, I think, in terms of skill here. And I just don't understand, then, why Burnley are getting the plus 200 dogs here, um, getting the likes of Tarkowski back in the lineup. Um, I don't see Newcastle scoring. I see Burnley getting one or two. Um, I, st- I'm, I still think it stays under your total. You're going to be cashing that bet. Uh, hopefully I'll be cashing in mine, but I'll be playing that as a half a unit play. Um at the plus about 200 money line, so about half a unit to uh, win a unit. Yeah, I mean, second place. I think that's I think that's a really good bet. And if I'm going to be honest with the listeners, I I'm definitely going to be betting the money line myself. I just didn't couldn't tell if I was being too too much of a fan and or whether or not I was being rational with the with the money line play on plus 200. So I didn't want to give that out as a pick, but I am <laughs> going to be taking that under 2.25 and hoping that we both cash on this one. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, um, we'll move this on to uh, Sunday, the uh, 4th, for um, quite a hefty slate on uh, Sunday we got here. Yeah, six um, matches. With the first match of the uh, day being Leicester City um, taking on tricky, tricky West Ham side. Um, Leicester City, uh, the Foxes are hosting uh, the Hammers. Uh, Foxes about minus 150. Um, Hammers getting about four to one price on, on an underdog here. Asian handicap is that minus 0.75 for Leicester, and then plus 0.75 for West Ham. Um, man, this one's this one's tough. Oh, I forgot to add over under sitting at about three goals as well. This one's tough. I mean, we saw we saw this Leicester team. Um, I mean, you, if you watched them during that Man City game, come out in that City game. And, I mean, they did look extremely flat-footed. City had them on the ropes for uh, first 15 minutes. 
and then uh, the clumsy, clumsy mistakes by City obviously cost them um, eventually. But um, defensively, uh, yeah, defensively. But I, I mean, this defensively, we had uh, you had Lesh- I mean, you had City make those stupid mistakes, kind of letting Lester back into the game, and then we saw you know Lester just start to get high flying. Um, they looked good. Um, you got James Madison came back in the the 60th minute, had an absolute cracker of a goal. That was sweet to see. Uh, Barty's getting, you know, getting in, making great runs. Uh, it's tough to, it's tough to, tough to kind of back this Leicester team week in and week out though, kind of without the, without the likes of Wilfred and Didi. Um, he plays that central defensive mid role. He also has played center back. Um, and he's just such a big force on that side. Um, I mean, defensively, I'd, I'd say, you know, Castagna and Justin look good on the on the wings out there, and um, they kind of they were able to hold it down a little bit, but they were they're still at times they were still super super shaky against City, and um, I, I don't know if um, you know trying to you know fill up Wilfred and Didi's role by trying to throw five in the back is di- directly kind of the the best way to go about things for Leicester, and on the likes of West Ham, uh, I mean this is a this is a really tricky team and. Uh, Arteta even said it after Arsenal were able to squeak out that 2-1 win. He said, you know, not a lot of people would, would think this, but, um, you know, this is a really, really tricky West Ham side. Uh, they're, you know, they got a r- lot of solid players um, in their, you know, in their team. We saw them absolutely demolish Wolves. Who would have seen that coming? 4-0, guys, against the Wolves team that we always are hyping up. I mean, Wolves team is class, but, I mean, it's this West Ham team is just sneaky, sneaky good with Declan Rice just holds everything down in that midfield. Um, Bowen seems to be coming into form with his two goals. He looks phenomenal. Um, and then the defense just looks, they just look strong back there with the Agbana and Cresswell. Um, and Formals even looks a little bit uh, crafty out on the right. And um, don't get me and Mr. Banks started on Antonio up top. What a fun, what a fun character to watch. But um, who would have thought to, to see that 4-0 victory going into Wolves? I mean, this West Ham team is is so tricky to bet against for me, and it's actually one of the sides that I just I just love. Love actually not. I, I don't oftentimes find a lot of value when I'm betting against against this side or kind of betting for them just because of how tricky they are and how off and on they are. Um, for me, like obviously I'm not going to be laying minus 150 with the Foxes this week. I don't even like the Asian handicap for both sides. Um, value is just nothing's like screaming value here for me this match. So I'll be passing the early six o'clock game. Um, I just I want to continue to watch more of this West Ham team just just for the subtle fact that for for me I, I don't know if I have a, a a great grasp on um, great grasp on them and I don't want to be forcing units forcing units on games that they're involved with just because of how tricky of a side they are before I kind of understand them understand them a little bit more. No, certainly not. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, both these teams had just great performances last uh, in match day three, and you can't argue with the fact of a 5-2 win from Leicester over Man City. And, I mean, just a classic West Ham performance coming out and just destroying Wolves 4-0. That's just something that you don't see out of a, a, typic, a typical uh, mid-table team in the Premier League, except for West Ham, I think, is the team that's going to come out every once in a while and just have a banger of a performance. So, Coming into this match between the two of them, like you said, I just don't really see too much value on the board here. And a West Ham team where 
we ne we never know what we're going to get. So I, I'm not looking to take a, a plus 0.75 on West Ham here just because with this team, I don't think you ever really want to take a a bet that's going to be about even money like that just because there's so there's so much variance involved with this team. So I would recommend whenever you can, whenever you feel like you have an edge on a West Ham game to get at it from an angle of a little more uh, odds in your favor, maybe a plus 200 type thing of a, of a minus a of a minus a point two five in this game or something like that, just to get a little more value on your side. But I am going to be passing on this one and just looking to, like you said, check out these teams a little bit more, get a little better feel for them. And uh, one last thing I would say about that uh, Wolves game, Wolves West Ham game though is, like you mentioned, Antonio, I'm very surprised to see West Ham put up four and Antonio not contribute to the <laughs> score sheet. That's not something we usually see when West Ham puts up that many goals, but I'm not too worried about him. I know he'll he'll keep getting himself involved, but uh, exciting West Ham team to watch nonetheless. All right, uh, let's move on to the second 6 o'clock uh, uh, game, uh, the Southampton. Uh, we got Southampton uh, hosting uh, West Brom uh, in a tricky little game here. Uh, again, uh, with the point kind of 7-5 Asian handicap, uh, we got Southampton laying that minus 130-ish on the money line. Uh, West Brom getting a little bit under 4-1 to one on the money line draw, about 3-1 to one over under at 3. Um, tough one here. Uh, I'll kind of start it off here. Um, it's it's hard for me to, to kind of back either of these sides at the moment. Um, just just for the sole fact of how how poor both teams have been playing. Um, you know, I know we talked about, you know, this West Brom team. We like, they, they have good moments, and they have a lot of um, actually, like, highly quality, uh, crafty players up top in their squad, and there's a lot to like about them offensively, but when we talk about West Brom defensively, there's obviously not a lot to like. Um it doesn't seem like they can handle absolutely any service into the box. Um, they just don't seem to win the ball. Ball flies around. They just seem to clear the ball extremely poorly into directly into uh, the likes of Chelsea players, obviously, in the last match. And that's how Chelsea got all their goals. And then we saw West Brom kind of do similar things against Everton. They weren't able to get any type of proper clearance um, in their back line. They're just, there's so many things to sort out with this team that they're just a defensive mess right now. They're giving up three goals in their first match, five goals in their second match, three goals in their third match. Um, I don't think this is a variance thing with this defense. This defense this defense has definitely got some serious issues. Um, but the, the likes of Southampton do as well. Um, you know, we saw them look absolutely horrendous against um, Tottenham. Um, they obviously they got the first two goals, but then Tottenham just picked them apart and they tried to play this high, this high pressing, um, back line to trap off sides. And they just, I, I don't even know what they were, what they were doing. They looked like a, they looked like a wreck side out there. <laughs> um, yeah. and then, you know, recently I wasn't all that impressed with the, with the game against, uh, against Burnley, um, just getting the, uh, just getting the one zero win, um, I wasn't super impressed against, you know, this is a Burnley side that was extremely, extremely riddled with injuries, and Burnley would kind of stuck around for, I thought, a majority of the match. Um, Southampton are definitely still um, lacking right now, and obviously so are this West Brom team. So for me, like, 
this game again it's just such a tough game i obviously will not if i had to go anywhere here it would be west brom but i'm not laying anything on the southampton as favorites here because this match can go anywhere um but i i don't want to be taking west brom here just because there's so many questions with this defense right now i love the i love their attacking front three diagala is great Callum robinson's great but i just i don't don't know it's just another match for me that's it's just so tricky it can go both ways value's not there Uh, i'll be passing this one hate to say it but i'm also going to be passing this match uh just i mean i think if anything we're going to get a a somewhat high scoring affair the total of 2.75 seems like a fair line um i could i could certainly see three or four goals in this game but just not willing to to bet on that over with the way that Southampton and I mean, Southampton just didn't really impress me too much against Burnley with their attacking. I mean, obviously they did get the one, no win and that was a little disappointing as a Burnley supporter, but I don't think they've been able to totally put it together uh, quite yet. So not, not going to be taking a stab on that over and just don't see too much value here on a side either. Obviously we saw last week, West Brom can get, can get hot and put up a couple goals in the hurry when they need to. And, uh, thankfully cashed us a ticket there but yeah I just don't see too much in this one and it's going to be one of those where uh, we're watching the Leicester West Ham game we're watching this this Southampton West Brom matchup uh, at the same time trying to draw some some information from these two games and you know see if we can apply that to the coming match days and just see if that will allow us to find value on the board in certain areas but I don't think there's anything really to be played here, in my opinion, either. So I'm going to be passing on this one as well. All right. Um, that brings us to our next match. We have the Gunners hosting Sheffield. Uh, my boys are getting about minus 175, kind of on the money line. Um, Sheffield, big-time dogs here at the Emirates. Um, uh, plus, like, 560, over under 2.5. Um, draw about plus 3. 300 um we got an interesting one here um and i'll i'll kind of start breaking it down from last week i'm just why i was so disappointed um and why that was the kept me off the perfect 5-0 weekend actually uh was my own gunners got me a 4-1 um so definitely <laughs> definitely a little bit of bad blood there but i was just so disappointed to see the lineup that mikel arteta rolled out um saw the likes of mohammed allen I saw the likes of Eleni um, in the midfield with Jaka. That was my first just my first disappointing um, uh, thing that I saw. And then I, the likes of Rob holding David Luiz back there. Um, I I understand playing David Luiz. He's fine. Um, you know he just came back from injury. Mark uh, it seems like Gabrielle was kind of playing for him while he was injured. But I just don't see what Arteta sees in Rob holding. Um, I I don't. Um, you know. Obviously, I could, I could tell what the game plan was versus Liverpool, you know. We, we wanted to kind of invite them to press to uh, you know press into us so then we could kind of, kind of like play out of their press and uh, break them on the counter. And uh, you, you saw them trying to play around with the ball uh, ball in the back. And every single time, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't name, I couldn't count it, count it with two hands. I swear, the ball would get switched over <laughs> to um, holding, and then he would turn it over. It would, it would, he would try to, you know, play some type of penetrating pass into a covering defender, get it picked off, and then Mohamed Salah or Mane or Firmino are running straight at our throats. And that's obviously not the prettiest sight. 
with the two matches that Gabrielle played, I thought he was playing great out of the back. I mean, he looked so comfortable back there. He didn't make any mistakes. Uh, he wasn't doing anything stupid. So I just I don't I don't get why Holding gets the nod over Gabrielle there, um, kind of in that right center back role. Even David Louis, like you could stick Gabrielle in the center 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 back role and then maybe push Gab or push Louise in one of Holding spots. But Holding is not a starting center back and. I just I was so disappointed watching him there. And then why is Danny Ceballos not getting more time in that game? We saw Danny Ceballos come on um, for Granit Xhaka uh, late in the match, and then Eleni kind of played more of that holding role. And instantly, within like five minutes, Ceballos making um, just you know we we saw him making like just dicey passes, flashy passes out down the wings. He's comfortably playing out of the back, breaking Liverpool's press, going at. Um, going at players, taking guys on. Um, we saw almost had the assist to Lacazette. Lacazette was in. You want to know why? That was because Danny Ceballos played a phenomenal ball. So why didn't we get that for 90 minutes? We know Danny Ceballos has the fitness to play for 90 minutes, but he didn't get the nod for whatever reason. So he played 30. Um, we didn't get to see enough of him. If we did, I think Arsenal scored more than one goal because Ceballos is just so crafty and cre- creative. I'm not sure why... Eleni was in there. Um, she just she's such a defensive player, and it, it gets a team like Liverpool, um, where you need to be confident and you need to be, um, you know, yeah, you need to have obviously a lot of confidence in breaking their press. Eleni was just unable to do that. Um, the bright center mid choices for that game were um, Jaka and Ceballos, but we didn't get it. Uh, we also didn't get to see the likes of Saka. Where's Saka been? Um, you know, our young teenager that we. We're always talking so much about where was he? Pepe didn't get the start either. I thought, um, yeah, yeah, Williams been playing great, but Pepe didn't get into the game early enough. Um, Pepe's so creative and can do a lot of creative things. Um, I didn't, I don't think that sub came early enough. I thought Arteta got it wrong in a few spots. I want to see him, I want to see him make some changes and get it right here because I don't want to see Rob Holding getting a start here this week, and I don't want to see. Eleni getting the start. I want to see Ceballos in there. Um, I want the creativity because we just looked, we did not look creative with those guys in the lineup and just looked panicky. So for all that reason, guys, um, I'm not playing anything on this Arsenal team uh, until I see lineups. Um, and uh, it might stay like that for a little bit just because I don't know what Arteta is going to be putting out there. Uh, he kind of did me, did us a little bit dirty with uh, that lineup against Liverpool. After seeing that, I was just not thoroughly impressed at all, or yeah, impressed at all with my bet and sweating it definitely a lot more than I should have been. So I'll be waiting on it. Obviously, we know Sheffield is in an absolute turmoil right now. They will be getting Egan back uh, for this game, so we'll see Egan back in the lineup. Sheffield 0-3 on the season. Obviously, they're going to be coming in here gunning for a win, but right now, uh, way too devastated last week from that Gunners match. Will not be laying. Um, one goal with the Gunners, and obviously I'm not taking Sheffield. <laughs> I'm passing. Yeah, that, I mean, that's my rant for the, for the Arsenal <laughs> match. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll stop it a little bit early. <laughs> I think I think you summed it up pretty well. And I mean, obviously, I'm quite the Arsenal supporter that you are, but I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think uh, thing I, I would have to most that you said was just your take on Gabrielle. And I mean. From watching their first two matches, I was very impressed with how he performed. I mean, even had a goal in that Fulham match. So, 
I would like to see uh, I would like to see Arteta get him back in the lineup, and I think he's great for them defensively, and I think he can keep contributing. So that is one thing I would like to see for Arsenal. But um, like you were saying, this Sheffield side, I mean, they're, they've yet to score a goal in the Premier League this season. And ho- hopefully your Gunners aren't the team that's going to concede the, their first one this season. So I would lean with Arsenal here. I just think that this is a bounce-back spot for them, and Sheffield just hasn't really shown anything in particular this so far this season. The Blades really need to get themselves going. But, um, I mean, Arsenal last week just didn't make me super excited about taking them here against Sheffield, unfortunately. And overall, just not going to be too much value when you're laying minus 185 on a, a Arsenal side that, like you were saying, going to have to check to see the lineup before you're confident in making a play on them. So probably I would recommend to the listeners uh, take a peek at Jaws' Twitter before this match, and I'm sure he'll be uh, critiquing the lineup that Arteta puts out and maybe giving a play if he's excited about it, maybe going on another rant if he's not, but I am going to be passing this one along with him. So, uh, But obviously look forward to watching it and see how the Gunners come out. Please, 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 Arteta, can <laughs> can we see the likes of Danny Ceballos back in the lineup uh, in the starting 11? Because I have no clue why he was not. But that's why I'm that's why I'm not a manager and he is. But so that that's my first actual complaint that I've had with Arteta since he took over. I thought he did a phenomenal job, but I think he just got it wrong against Liverpool and that happens. It's hopefully, yep, it's, not that happens. Re- hopefully it's not a reoccurring uh, theme here though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't All think right. it will be. Uh, next game for the mat uh, for our Sunday card, uh, the second eight o'clock game. We got the Wolves taking on. Uh, Fulham, who is another side that have yet to get any points yet in the Premier League uh, game, will be hosted by uh, hosted at uh, the Wolf Stadium. Uh, similar pricing to kind of the Arsenal game, minus one, plus one on the Asian handicap. Wolves uh, lane uh, as big time favorites, about minus two hundred over under, sitting at about two and a half. Um, I'll let you kick this one off, Mr. Bank. Um, I'm kind of curious to see where you're going to go on this match. Yeah, I actually initially when uh, after seeing that Wolves final and, you know, seeing how Fulham's been playing, I, I really wanted to came into this game wanting to take Wolves. And, and I mean, listeners to the pod know me and Jai love our love ourselves some Wolves and we look for some specific spots to play them. And I think this is a spot where they are going to get the win. And I mean, Fulham just hasn't shown anything really to be too excited about so far in this uh, Premier League campaign. But I think Wolves is going to get this win here at a price of minus 200. I'm I'm just really not looking to lay that. That's the problem. I mean, they are at home, obviously, and uh, have that familiarity going for them. But coming off a 4-0 loss, uh, you can't be too confident in a side after that. But minus one just seems like a bit too high of a price to lay when uh, this is a team that doesn't concede too many goals but also doesn't score too many goals. So it's just not a, a game that I want to get involved in. And there's actually a spot coming up right after this that I do have a play for. So this is going to be uh, another pass for me. But I do think it's going to be a Wolves 1-0, maybe 2-0 type of win. Just not super confident on taking that minus one line. So I am going to be passing. What are you thinking for this one? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair. This is actually going to be my third play of the week. Um, I'm taking taking Wolves here in the zigzag. And uh, I think that's a common theme for all my plays this week. I'm pretty much taking all these teams in kind of the zigzag fashion. Uh, kind of in the next match, you'll see the same thing. I'm taking another team in the zigzag. Uh, but I want the Wolves on, on my... I want, I, obviously, I want, I'll, I'm taking all of this Wolves minus one. Um, 
looking like I'll be getting like a anywhere from like a minus 115 to a little bit over that. I think that's a good price. Um, and just this, it's just solely based off the fact that of how poor Fulham have been defensively. Um, there's literally nothing that they like about their defense. Um, they like a team like West Brom. I, I just, this team cannot deal with, um, any type of service. Uh, they can't seem to clear the ball. We saw Aston Villa, a side who don't normally blow teams out, absolutely dominate this Fulham team, which we haven't kind of seen in a while from Villa. Um, just go out there and just smoke a team. So I think it's going to be a lot of the same from Wolves. Wolves, uh, another, you know, another, another uh, kind of a uh, um, angle I like on this game would be any uh, uh, any Fulham team total unders. I just uh, I just think Nuno is going to have you know obviously we play three matches. Wolves only have three points. Nuno's going to be disappointed here. He's going to have the boys going. Um, Nuno's a great coach. Um, I love backing Nuno in back bounce back spots just because of you know how well he's able to adjust. Um, his game plans for teams um, get the you get the boys back at their home field. Um, this is a match that they they know that they can get the three points in. Um, everyone's healthy. Um, their defense is just really strong, and there's not a lot to like about this Fulham team offensively either. Obviously, it's everyone's pick right now to go down. Um, I don't see it getting any better for them right now, um, and I I don't know if they have they have any type uh, the likes of any defenders to. Um, to uh, you know, stop this wolf side. It's gonna be a definitely a battle uh, with Triore kind of out on the right wing and Joe Bryan. I think that'll be kind of fun to watch um, all day. That's a battle kind of I'm kind of looking forward to. But I don't know if they have any any answers um, for the likes of uh, Jimenez in the middle as a striker. I think he's gonna absolutely have a field day against this side, and I'm seeing a two three nil win here, cashing our ticket. So be my third play of the week, um, and. Uh, We'll get on to uh, our second last match of the week and probably the one that everyone is most excited for. Um, we have Tottenham Hotspur playing Manchester United and uh, a clash of the big six. Uh, at Old Trafford, um, you got... Um, we have... Uh, sorry, I apologize. Just pulling up my lines. We got Tottenham, about three to one dog here. Uh, United. Wow, I'm very surprised I've seen this line actually move quite a bit now. Uh, United almost minus 110 on the money line. Uh, I've seen uh, then the Asian handicap about a half goal spread uh, for both sides, over under at three. Um, I'll kind of start this match off, and I'll kind of continue on the trend of my zigzag here. And um, we're t I'm taking Spurs on the zigzag here. Um, after their disappointing match against Newcastle, um, I'm I'll be taking all of Spurs. Give me all of Spurs at that plus half a gold price. So that means if Spurs draw this game, we still cash our ticket. Uh, Spurs win this game, obviously we cash our ticket. We're getting half the goal here. Um, there's a lot to like right now about this Spurs team, and there's actually not a whole lot to like, I think, about this United team. Uh, United absolutely got so lucky with that one against Brighton. That's um, just absolutely gutting for a Brighton fan. Um, to watch them just not get any points out of the mat that match where you could have argued that they deserved all three points in that match, and they definitely deserved at least one point in that match. Brighton dominated the likes of United the whole whole match, and I think in almost every sector of the field. Um, I just don't know if there's a player right now in this United team that is actually in good form. 
maybe you could argue Bruno Fernandez. He kind of looked actually, you know, very good in the midfield, and um, oh, Rashford looked definitely solid. But Martial looks absolutely dreadful up top. Um, Pogba looked so bad back there. He didn't seem to contribute anything in that Brighton match. Um, I mean, you got a United team that have only played two games so far because they missed the first week. They're definitely not into form. This Tottenham side got absolutely gypped in this game against Newcastle. The new handball rule just screwed them out of, obviously, out of the three points. Um, but this is a game where Jose Mourinho even came out and said after. He's, he's like, I mean, after he was done complaining about the handball rule, you know, he went on <laughs> to say that, you know, we should have put this game away way, way earlier. Um, like I said earlier, like, this, is a, that, this, this match we had the under last week was a kind of a game that, we definitely got away with, uh, got away with one and got a little bit lucky in the cashier. Tottenham should have won that game three, four nil. Um, they just squandered so many chances and uh, they look good. And obviously, I don't think Newcastle really threatened them once. And um, I think they were okay going in, winning that game one zero. That was fine. They were gonna go do that, and they got absolutely jipped out of the handball penalty. Game over one one. So that's why um, Mourinho's gonna have the boys ready here. They're gonna be firing. Um, on all cylinders, um, you know, I do think we're not going to be seeing the likes of Sun here, which is probably why the line is moving um, a little bit, but um, we might. Uh, I'm not sure, but who knows? We could see the likes of Gareth Bale maybe make an appearance in this game, and how cool would that be? Um, but, I mean, you'll if, if we see the likes of Gareth Bale, Lucas Mora, and uh, Harry Kane, um, that just for me, it's a lot of trouble for United. Just even if it's Harry Kane and Lucas Mora, um, maybe even a little it's Harry Winks in there. Uh, there's enough goal. There's enough goal threat right now with the way Harry Kane's playing and Lucas Mora, for me to be taking Tottenham here on the half a goal um, spread. And not to mention that United also kind of like Chelsea have some issues right now with their keeper David De Gea. It's not really been all that great back there. Um, kind of, kind of like Kappa uh, for Chelsea. So, not a whole lot to like with this United side right now, and uh, kind of, I think they're definitely a good spot for uh, Tottenham. I think are a little bit mispriced here. Um, just getting a draw, draw here would cash our tickets. So that's where I'm going for this match. Absolutely. Uh, I think really all the factors are lining up here for us, and we're gonna make this a, our first consensus play of the pod. I'm gonna be taking the. Spurs double chance as well, along with Ja. And the thing is, I just think that there's so many things that are, are coming to fruition here for us on this play that are, are making it a plus EV play here. Uh, like you were saying, uh, lines moved a little bit recently with the Son injury news. So I think if he plays, that's only a bonus for us. That's only good for us. Right now, I think it's priced in that he's not playing. So I think right there we have just a little bit of a free roll on this line, maybe a 10-cent free roll for that. And then if you look at the matches from last week, I mean, like you were saying with the Man U match, just that scoreline of 3-2, I don't think Man U deserved to win that match. So I think the markets, you know, coming in on such a public side as Man U, we'll see some money move in on them. And then also Spurs, that 1-1 scoreline just, totally not representative of what that game truly played out as, like you said. So I think that this Spurs plus a half is just a great spot for us here. And, I mean, I'm super excited about this play. It's going to be my best bet of the week, actually. So I can't wait till this Sunday uh, early Sunday late morning game between these two sides. And it's, it's going to be a great game no matter what, hopefully. But 
I mean, I think we're in a great spot to cash our ticket here. I honestly will probably take a little bit of a stab at the Spurs money line as well, looking like uh, plus 280 or better would be a great spot for them. So I can't wait for this one, Ja. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if there's ever a play that makes a whole lot of sense, guys, um, for, for some reason it's this one. <laughs> but at the end of the day, all plays <laughs> cash the same and all plays lose the same. So, um, yes, it sounds true. like we're very, very excited right now, but... Um, uh, yeah, this will be our first consensus of the week. Um, and uh, that leaves us with uh, one more match. Um, we have Aston Villa taking on the champions uh, in Liverpool. Um, Aston Villa will be hosting them at Villa Park. Um, Liverpool, about minus 300 uh, favorites, big time. And then we got Villa um, sitting at about almost uh, about a 9-1 to dog here over under about that three-ish range um that's kind of what i'm seeing um this one and oh an asian handicap about plus one and a half here uh i got nothing to do here with this match um the liverpool seem to be coming into form here um played well against arsenal uh jota looks good he looks like a great little piece off the bench for for jurgen uh, they got a lot it seems like um we talked about Liverpool earlier in the season about not making any transfers. It seems like they kind of hurt us because then all of a sudden out of the woodwork, they made two transfers like that exact week. <laughs> so making you know they got the likes of Thiago and then they got the likes of Diego Jota, um, who looked both look great so far. Um, kind of the pieces that I think Liverpool were looking for. Um, the the defense seems to kind of be cleaning itself up. Um, Besides the, the the little small mistake that Andy Robinson made against Lacazette, I think all that stuff's gonna kind of be cleaned up here. And uh, Liverpool Liverpool take on a a Via side that have six points here. Um, surprisingly, uh, that you know are not a definitely a cakewalk. Uh, it's not a cakewalk match for Liverpool. Um, but uh, for me right now, um, just a pass. Um, not a whole lot for me to like on this match. I'm not laying minus one and a half goals here with Liverpool, and uh, I don't want to back Villa also. So uh, it's just a it's just a tough game for me, um, and uh, just the value. Nothing screaming here for me, but um, I think I'll, I'll stay with my four plays this week: three one-unit plays, and then uh, the one half unit. And uh, we also have the one consensus with Mr. Bank guys. So uh, I think I'll stay with that, and I'm very. Um, fairly competent with uh which is uh keeping that hey sometimes you just got to go into the last uh last game of the match week and just sit back and enjoy it so i can't blame you for that one that's definitely (laughs) true um i just i just want to before we get into this game a little bit want to give a shout out to uh at via talk 2 on twitter one of our guys uh just a big via supporter and just want to uh, tell him we're uh excited about his via team so far this season you know they've only played two matches Yet to concede a goal, and they've got six points. They're sitting currently in Champions League contention. Obviously, we probably don't think that's going to continue for too much longer, especially with this match against Liverpool. But hey, the Via supporters can get excited about it, and they can uh, they can relish this moment for a little while here. But when we get into this this game against Liverpool, uh, although Aston Villa is going to be the home side, I do think it's going to be one of those games that Liverpool just comes in takes care of business, gets out with the three points. I don't think it's going to be a domination. If it was, I would probably be taking that Liverpool minus one and a half. I think SMB is going to keep it close. I mean, I think they've got to be riding in with some confidence here, obviously with uh, two straight wins in the Premier League. But 
I am going to be passing this one as well. Just just not looking for looking to lay a lot of juice with Liverpool, and obviously I'm not the biggest Liverpool fan, so I probably always come in with a little bit of bias against them. But you know, just don't see too much value in this spot, like we've said. So going to be passing on this one and just sitting back and enjoying this whole slate of Premier League games. Hopefully we'll get some bangers. Hopefully we'll get some uh, defensive battles. We always do every week, so I'm looking forward a, to it once hopefully again. Hopefully we get a via win because, uh, like you, I'm also not very high in this Liverpool team right now. After what I watched last week, can I just I just want someone to beat them. <laughs> I, no, I, I mean I'm, the, I'm right there with yeah. I just um, yeah, and I I would love to I'd love to have uh, ask me via take them down here and uh, maybe potentially then we get via talk here on the pod next week to break it down for you guys. Uh, he's just an absolute massive uh, via fan and uh, you know knows them inside and out. Um, you might you guys might be seeing the likes of him uh, on a later episode, but um, uh, hope you guys enjoy the uh, the week here. Uh, we definitely will. So just a recap, uh, just one consensus again for the week. Uh, four and two record. Um, so our one consensus is the Tottenham Spurs plus half a goal. So that means that if the Spurs win the game, we'll cash our bet and move five to two. Or even if the Spurs just draw the game, um, just a, just a simple tie, which seems to happen quite a lot in uh, these bigger matches, we will also move to five and two. Um, so we're kind of getting a little bit of a double chance there. But um, uh, I'll tweet out the uh, all my plays like I normally do on my Twitter. Um, I'm looking to obviously stay hot. Um, three and two week uh, week two, four and one week three, um, solid week one. Uh, up five five units for the season, so I look to keep that uh, rolling. And then obviously, Mr. Bank and I look to keep our consensus rolling as well. So thanks again, guys, for uh, for listening. Um, and uh, hope you guys enjoy your week. And we will not see you guys next week, but the week after that because of the international break for match day five. Um, so let's get out there and cash some bets.